You are now tuned to the Japan Podcast. I'm your host, E.T. Let's get this thing started. Hey, how's it going, folks? I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year. Um, in Japanese, let's do the, the traditional Akeome. Or if we go, if you want to go the long one, the Akemashite Omedeto Gozaimasu, which roughly translated means Happy New Year. Um, I had a, a pretty uneventful New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. My son and I ended up playing the Wii U, Super Mario Brothers U, and uh, Super Mario Brothers 3D, and a little bit of Minecraft and some Terraria. So a bunch of video games. Watched a little bit of. Um, uh, New Year's TV, someone was nice enough to stream both the Kohaku Music Festival and a whole bunch of uh, other CD Japan Live and a whole bunch of just generic, random uh, Japanese New Year's Eve programming, which is awesome. It's kind of some of my favorite programming to watch is around that the Shogatsu holiday, the old Shogatsu holiday. Um, no Bonen guys over here, no year end parties for me. Um, still kind of in a unique living situation, but uh, I like to make an announcement that that is going to be changing within the next five months or so. So the wifey and I decided um, we need a base camp here in the United States to go along with our base camp in Fukuoka. Um, so the plan is we're, we've made the the first steps to getting a house and we're going to pick we're going to pick up a house in Austin, Texas, which is if we're going to live in Texas is probably the best place to live. Uh it's the most international. Lots of companies like um let's see some of the big parties of there's Dell, there's Samsung, there's there's uh Apple's there. Um a couple of Japanese companies as well. I just can't think of at the top of my head, but uh there's Good schools, um, kind of hip and trendy kind of place, and uh, a bunch of, since we can't really have a beach, there's a bunch of really good lakes and rivers over there, so we can do some stand-up paddle boarding and swimming and, and uh, hiking and all kinds of good stuff like that, so I think it's probably the best of both worlds for, for Texas, and the best of all, houses in Texas are, are really cheap compared to the rest of the the country, uh, major cities in the country. I mean, you can get a really good house for just under two hundred thousand dollars. Can't complain about that. I think our the house we were looking at was like one seventy nine. It's a three bedroom, two car garage, like seventeen hundred square feet. It's a one sixty nine, one sixty five plus options, and you know you can option out, get all kinds of crap in there if you want. But so we're going through the loan process, and if everything goes as planned, we'll be moving in end of May, early June. When it's completed, we picked a lot. We picked the brick colors and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice to have my own home office slash studio. So I don't have to take down the, the mics and the mixers and put them back up whenever I want to do a podcast. Really looking forward to that. And another fact is um, there's a little bit bigger of a Japanese community. And potential for the wifey to actually get a job instead of just sitting around taking care of me. <laughs> You know how that goes. But uh, what else is going on? Um, 
Yeah, my one year anniversary, yeah. I think December 21st or something like that, or 11th or something like that, was my one year being back in the old United States of America. We've been, we do weekly calls with our in-laws in Japan and friends and stuff like that, so no big deal. Um, this, this summer, we were, before we decided to, to buy a house, we were kind of thinking of going to Japan for about a month or two, maybe even three. Uh, I work remotely now, so if I can, as long as I have an internet connection and I don't have to do any travel within that time period, which, you know, I think I travel two, three, maybe four times a year. So there's a possibility that I might be able to work remotely from Japan. I mean, I'd, I'd have to wake up and make sure I hit the East Coast time zone, at least, or maybe Pacific. Somewhere between Pacific and East Coast, basically. But I'm thinking, as long as there's no travel, no business travel within the, the summertime, or within the one to two to three months that I'm there, I can actually go hang out there for a nice extended period of time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But minimum, since we're buying a house, it might not happen summertime. So we might push it to like um, uh, fall, late fall, maybe early winter next year. But got to get over there because my son's Japanese is getting worse and worse. He doesn't really speak it at all anymore we have to force him to when he's on skype with with his cousins and his uh oji-san and oba-chan but the wife he still speaks to him in japanese pretty much all the time and he just answers in english and once in a while asks me what does she say so i have to translate and uh tell him the word i'm trying to get him to to remember i keep saying if you want gg to keep giving you money you gotta at least be able to talk to him a little bit and in Japanese, or you won't get your New Year's money, your otoshidama. So, he's like, oh. Then he started speaking a little bit Japanese on the Skype call. So, I think, you just gotta bribe him. But again, I mean, he, where we're at now, there's not really anybody he can, his age, that he can practice speaking Japanese with. Any kids his age that we know of. My wife's friends all have either kids that are, you know, high school or junior high school, or that are you know like two years old infants, or you know young children. But anyway, you know, things happen, life goes on, but I still manage to keep in touch and track as much that's happening in Japan as possible. So, I'm not sure what what's going on with Anthony. Eventually, we'll get going and get a podcast going, but we just got to figure it out. He had a a death in his family, and that's all I'm going to say. Once he gets things sorted out, we'll, we'll get things organized. And, and I keep saying that, but it, it'll happen. Trust me, it'll happen. But uh, I think it's time to go into the stories of the week. What's coming out of Japan? First thing, without even looking, I'll, I'll talk about the Prime Minister uh, Abe. Is it Shinzo Abe? Decided he was going to go to the um, Yasukuni Shrine. The shrine that pisses all the Asians off <laughs> for all the other Asians off for uh because it has the the remains or the the remains of some war criminals from you know from some bad times in Japan's history. So anytime any prime minister or any top official goes there it pisses off Korea, China and the rest of Asia usually. But he he did the, the good thing. He warned 
He said, I am before the year is out, I am going to go there. So he warned them. And I think they're currently in a China and Japan are pissed off at each other. Korea and Japan are were in, in not so bad situations due to the uh, the island, the Senkaku Islands. But now, so I guess, but the leader of South Korea didn't want to meet with him. So he's like, eh, screw it, fuck it, <laughs> I'm going anyways. But uh, that's basically, I think it's, and some columnists have rationalized, it was the best time he could go. You know, he wasn't going to lose or gain in the situation. He's already in, in on everybody's shit list, so to speak. So yeah, he went to Yasukuni. Um, unfortunately, when I went to Tokyo, the two, three, four, five times I went there, I always forget to go to the shrine. I always want to check it out and see what, you know, what's the scoop, what's the big problem with it. Of course, you know, it's just a historical thing, and people just will never forget. Japan has apologized many times, and I don't know if officially or unofficially, but a lot of people have apologized, and, and they pay money to the Asian countries. But then there's, you know, the comfort woman problem and some other things that are still an issue. And I'm not going to get on anybody's side here. It, it was a bad thing. It was a horrific thing that Japan did to a lot of people, so they should apologize but Germany did a lot and everybody seems to be hunky-dory with Germany so I don't know why there's so much beef Germany apologized you know has paid reparation Japan has, has been paying and paying and apologized several times but you know it's hard to say when politics gets involved it's really hard to say all I know is anytime I've been with normal people you know, I'll be in a room with Koreans, Japanese, and Chinese, and just normal, cool people. Nobody has beef, you know? So I think it's just a political thing. So I think maybe less watching the news and more just being friendly and trying to understand people's culture is the best way to, to solve this problem. I guess think think globally by acting locally, you know? Getting to know people, doing some traveling, having fun, you know? Enjoying everyone's food and culture and things like that, and it'll turn into... A much, much, much better world. Okay, the next story is coming from the Kohaku. During the middle of the AKB performance, one of the AKB performances, and there was AKB, HK, HKT, and whatever else, blah, 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 SMB, 48, 48, 48. The member Oshima Yuko actually announced her graduation sometime this year, and she's all teared up, and... It's, it's funny because I did a little search on YouTube for the um, both the English and the Japanese versions of the, the the Kohaku, which is the music festival, the 64th NHK Kohaku Utagasen. And re regardless of English or in Japanese, multiple, multiple videos, clips of her retiring. So it just shows you how popular... Okay. just shows you how popular these um akb still is and i mean how many years has it been since they came out and they just keep at least in the the pop culture and pop music in japan they just they're just killing the charts yeah mm -hmm. me personally ah yeah akb is okay they're cute the songs are catchy usually j-pop stuff but again i've said many times you know, any of the major big girl groups, they pretty much all sound similar. And if if you didn't know who was singing, 
if you were new to J-pop and I played like a Morning Musume and then I played AKB and maybe a uh, a Link song, you probably wouldn't. You'd say, oh, it's the same group because they all sound the same, overproduced, girly, girly pop groups, you know. What are you going to do? But when I was, last year when I was working in Japan, I mean, everyone, everyone in Fukuoka, they're, all the guys, all the students I asked, who's your favorite AKB member? I was like, oh, Oshima Yuko, Oshima Yuko. She's the best. And she's definitely, you know, she's a hottie, no doubt. But she's going to be graduating from AKB. Let the tears go down for all the otaku out there. I pour a 40 ounce for her graduation. And I hope her career continues with, uh, you know, act, acting and, and uh, pop music, of course. I'm sure she'll be have a solo album and do some dramas and things like that. So it should be good. And probably a calendar or something. Okay, what's going on with the next story? Let's see, what other stories we got here? Oh, it was the Emperor Akihito's 80th birthday. So happy birthday to Emperor Akihito. Um, there's several articles out there also, another story about the Japanese K-car industry. And the K-cars are mini cars. They're a small 600, limited up, limited by 660cc and limited by a certain weight. And uh, I think horsepower as well. But several people were saying that the, the K-car industry is kind of like a Galapagos effect, that it's only popular in... It developed and it's only popular in Japan, and it's kind of impossible for it to help it help Japan's auto industry become better. It's kind of hindered them, I guess. But I don't know. I think um, if you see a modern K car versus, say, a modern um, one of the Chevy, the the small Chevys or the small Hyundai's, they're Except for the engine size, the size of the actual body and everything, maybe not safety standards, but the actual proportional size is pretty pretty similar to a small subcompact car. Most of them. I mean, there are some really, really small K cars, but the majority of them, you know, sit four to five people, four to five Japanese people relatively comfortably. I mean, some of the cars you wouldn't want like a seven foot tall basketball player, and that's for sure, but the most people in the world are not seven or, you know, that big, but. My sister-in-law has a Daihatsu Move, and except for the fact of the engine size, I wouldn't want to be on it on an American highway going 80 miles an hour. It could do it, but it would take time to get up to that speed. But if you put like a 1.1 liter or 1 liter engine in there, it switched out the 3-cylinder to 4-cylinder, which easily could happen. Those cars would be perfect city cars in, in the United States and other countries. And in Europe, K cars would be awesome. But the, the thing that... I kind of predict is all those K cars that had 660 cc motors in them are eventually going to switch to electric motors, which means you know they could easily, with some you know modifications, be exported to multiple countries. But thinking of crowded places like Southeast Asia and East uh, Southeast Asia and Asia proper, where there's and China for that matter, where there's Many, many, many cars, lots and lots and lots of traffic. There's no reason why a K car couldn't be popular. And India, I mean, I'd see cars in India that were basically K cars, but instead of the, the smaller engine, they would have a one liter or one point something liter motor. So 
I don't know. Is this really limiting Japan's auto industry by producing these K cars? Not sure that I think so. Because the, a lot of the, in America, the top 10 cars, usually the top five, there's always a Honda Accord and a Camry. And trucks, Toyota's really popular with selling trucks, so. Nissan has their, you know, their Altimas and their Maximas and, and their, their, um, their pickup trucks as well and their forerunners so Subaru is doing well with the their Impreza's and their BRZ's so uh, you know I don't think it's hindering them any more than any other country's auto production but people there was an interesting read and uh, I'll link you up to the article if you head on over to the show notes over at teijg.com teijg.com and for those who are new, that, that basically is our old acronym for Teaching English in Japan Guide Podcast, which we've since changed to the name of the show to the, the Japan Podcast, just because it's less focused on teaching and more on just Japanese culture, entertainment, things like that. So, Pretty cool. One, um, The next story here, I want to introduce you to a new word, not a new word, a relatively new hip word um, from Japanese pop culture and, and cellular phone, smartphone use is... Uh, it's called a chaku uta. And what a chaku uta is basically a ringtone that you can download that's, you know, 30, 40 seconds of a popular song. And they sell these songs so people don't have to cut their own up and, you know, install their own. And the, the, the sales of these chaku utas is often bigger than the sales of the singles, CD singles. So I just thought it was interesting. And if you head on over to um, a site called... Tokyo Hive, they have a weekly um, ranking of the Chakutas. And this week at number one, let's see who's number one. Uh, Zuto feature in Han, Kun, and T or Te. It's called Spicy Chocolate. Faith, Miwa, Amenochi, Bayuzu, uh, AKB's fifth, Exile's sixth. Uh, who else? Um, Nishino Kana's eighth. Sandai Mei J. Soul Brothers is ninth. And 2 p.m. is tenth. So these are the you know top ten pop chakutas that are on a, a scale on over at um, tokyohive.com. And that's for the week of the first through the seventh. But I don't know. Do you guys put ringtones on your phone? I think I'm just lazy. I would like to have one, but I just use whatever is comes with my phone. I currently have a Samsung Galaxy S3, which I hate. And as soon as Apple comes out with a, a new, wider, bigger iPhone, which is supposed to be rumored to be May, I'm definitely going to upgrade. But also, um, at CES, the electronic show this this uh, this week is, is going on. Consumer electronic show. Sony is bringing a lot of its um, JDM, Japanese domestic market, Android phones here, so I'm kind of looking at those too. I, I really want to go back to iPhone, but some of these, I want to kind of, like I got the Samsung to try something new, but I wasn't kind of happy because it, it, the, the build quality is just crappy on this one. It's, fall, it's falling apart, and I don't even leave the house. I work from home. This thing, like the, the headphone jack barely is really, you know, touch, touch and go. Sometimes it works, sometimes you have to wiggle it around. And I, you know, I don't even barely leave the house with this thing. So, just it's just a crappy, really thin, plasticky feeling. 
So I'm going to go look at the new Sonys and see if how they are compared to this one and, and the iPhone. And, you know, maybe make a decision see which one I want to get. But I might give Sony a go for a year or so, see how, see how theirs is. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But anyways, ringtones, if it was easy, I would do it. And it might be easy, but I haven't figured out how to do it on this phone. On the iPhone, it's pretty easy. But it still took a couple steps. So I think if you have, if there's a way to quickly get the song and download it and then add it to a ringtone, then I think it'd be popular and you make a lot of money. And that seems to be what's happening over in Japan with these Chaku Utas. Okay, what other stories we got here in the news? A couple quick stories. Oh, Kentucky Fried Chicken has released a Kentucky Fried Snack. Some little uh, crunchy potato chippy type things. I'll link up to that. You can check check out the link there. Mountain Dew also has some kind of corn snack type things, and it's in a um, one of those paper aluminum foil type cups that, that chips are coming in these days. It looks identical to the can, so it's kind of interesting. Um, controversially, Japan um, Abe and the rest of the diet decided that they're gonna they need with the situation with China these days and the the islands and and things like that they decide they're going to need to increase their military budget or let me change that to self-defense budget and japan before this they they spent they have a really big self-defense force but there's certain things that they couldn't do and um a lot of people thought that that japan was hindered because it couldn't help with with um you know united nations anytime there was fighting japan actually couldn't do it they could do support like you know supplies and and uh, bringing setting at wells and things like that you know medical and and things like that but they couldn't actually have boots on the ground to to quote you know modern u.s news so they changed they're changing they modified the constitution and things like that so now they're they're gonna increase the budget and they're they're trying to get to the point where they're a quote-unquote real country not hindered and uh, I don't know, is this a good thing or a bad thing? With the way China's been acting with the, the air zone, the fly, fly zone, and uh, the island, the Senkaku Island, or whatever they call it in Chinese, I think I would actually beef up my, my self-defense too, because China is spending a lot of money on their military. So, and Japan, you know, Japan's a small country, relatively decent-sized population. Uh, most of the Japanese people I know didn't know anybody who worked in the self-defense forces. I've met a couple self-defense people while teaching English at Nova back in the day who were really friendly, really cool, a nurse, and then another guy who, uh, I guess he was a normal soldier in the self-defense forces, but his English was awesome. He said most of the people who were in the SDF were actually pretty good English speakers, so they did lots, lots of uh, code co-drills with the uh, the American military as well. So, I don't know. For defense, I'm kind of a pacifist, you know. But also, I don't think I want to be punked, you know. If someone's got a, you know, a big a big gun or or lots of weapons that I have to, you know, bow down to their will. So, it's like you got to you got to have a little deterrence, I think. In Japan beefing up it, it's it's uh, military 
a little bit, as long as there's no, you know, aggression going on, like, you know, World War II style. But hopefully, I mean, all the global economies are so tied, intertwined, the U.S., the Japanese, the Chinese. I mean, everything in the world seems to be made in China. So if China went to war, it could be an issue. Japan went to war with China, it could be a really big issue. America would have to get involved. Russia would probably, I don't know what Russia would do, but... And then there's also India and India and China don't have don't have very good relations. So there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. And I don't know. I think we've had enough war for a while. So long as um, my opinion, as long as they can beef up their self defenses just for deterrence, and hopefully they can settle these stupid terri territorial and uh, airspace problems. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Let's see what else. Oh yeah, let's move on to something a little bit lighter. So the pop singer Kodakumi is one of my favorite, favorite pop pop singers. Just she's hot. What do they call her? Uh, sexy cool <laughs> or something like that. But anyways, uh, she's gonna be releasing her first album in two years, and you wonder why hasn't she done an album in two years? Well. She popped out a little baby back a couple of years ago. So that, you know, children tend to have the uh, a way of, you know, getting in the way of things. So I'm assuming she's been a good mother and been taking care of her, her child. I don't know if she had a boy or a girl. Don't remember. But now she's going to be releasing her first album within two years. And the title of the album is going to be Japanesque. Japonesque, J-A-P-O-N-E-S-Q-U-E. And let's see. It will feature a total of 14 songs, including her singles, Go to the Top, Dreaming Now, and Koishikute. Koishikute. So uh, the album is going to be released in four different versions, CD, DVD, CD, Blu-ray, regular edition, and fan club edition. So... The fan club will get some extra footage of her and things like that. But it's going to be out October to November. No, actually, sorry, sorry, sorry. The footage from her fan club live was held October to November last year. So that footage is going to be edited and put on the fan club edition. Of course, that'll probably end up on YouTube. So don't worry. If you're a Kodakumi fan, you'll probably see that stuff on the, the old YouTubes. But looking forward to seeing uh, some new videos and hearing some songs from... Koda Kumi, congratulations on your second album, on, on your first album in the last two years. <laughs> uh, let's stay on the, the the gossip and pop tip. Puffy's Yumi, Yoshimura Yumi, divorces for the second time. So she's ended her marriage with uh, Nishikawa Takanori from TM Revolution. And I always thought that was a weird, weird marriage. But, you know, in the music industry, you get exposed to producers and other groups. And, you know, things happen. And I guess they got married. But uh, let's see. What did she say? And there's a quote. She, her comment was, from now on, I will devote myself more and more. I will do my best work and I will get a lot, give a lot of love to my son. I will make a lot of effort to live each day happily. And I think maybe... Maybe this will free her up a little bit. Get to see some more Puffy out there. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
I don't know if I want to say uh, sorry to hear that or congratulations, but divorce is usually a good thing because, you know, if you don't like each other and you're at each other's throats, you might as well just end it. No big deal. Yumi is single again. Any other quick stories? Let me see if I can find another story or two before we end the podcast. I guess at this point in time, I can say um, thanks for everyone who's stuck with us throughout the many, many years. If you're, if you're new and you want to hear teaching English in Japan advice, stories, comedy, pain, sorrow, happiness, there is an archive of like 60 plus podcasts. We talk about the trials and tribulations of living in Japan, working in Japan, vacationing, having fun in Japan. So lots and lots and lots of archives of stories and things like that. So if you're new and you want more information about teaching in Japan, just hit to head on over to teijg.com and hit that archives button and you'll see the list of all the old shows. There's lots of them. I mean, some some of the first ones, the audio quality was uh, questionable at best, but you can get the content. The content is good stuff from two guys who lived in Japan for many, many years and Anthony's still over there hanging out with his family. And uh, I had to come back because the wifey wanted to move to America. And I didn't want to. But you never know. There's, We still keep a, uh, a big foot in Japan. And I'm hoping that... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of thinking we might still buy like a, a two-bedroom apartment over in Japan and have two places if if possible my father-in-law is in the real estate business so if we can get a really really good deal on something we might actually pick something up just for uh so when we go there we'll have a place to crash in uh any time of the year my wife and my son when they have vacation they want to go they can go alone and have somewhere to like live for a month or two so we're kind of thinking about doing something like that Okay, and I'm glad I actually decided to take one last look for any Japan-related stories. This last one is interesting. And this comes from Quartz.com, QZ.com. And it the title is, Popular Porn Search Terms Show That East Asia Has a Serious Japan Fetish. So, looking at, there's a bunch of uh, circle. It's a chart with arrows going from different countries the uh, Filipino, South Korean, Chinese, Indonesian, Japanese, Thai, Vietnamese, America, American, and Malaysian. So, the inbound searching searching for Japanese porn has a uh, <laughs> of fifty five popular geographic search terms. Twenty three were Japan related. So Malaysia, Japan, China, South Korea, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, and Indonesia are all searching for Japanese porn, which is really interesting. And another interesting thing is from this, you know, state, wherever this information came from, which I tend to believe, they say American are actually searching, South Koreans are searching for American porn. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. And China, South Korea, and Thailand are actually searching and for Chinese porn, it's coming from Malaysia, China, Vietnam, South Korea. So it's pretty interesting. That's all I got to say. 
you know you're doing pretty well if your porn is popular amongst your neighbors. So I don't know. I don't think there's that much hate for Japan from Southeast Asia when the porn is tops for search for being searched on the old internets, the interwebs. Okay, I think that's going to be a wrap for the show. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening and subscribing. And uh, don't forget, head on over to teijg.com. If you have any questions, you can just email me directly. My email is ett808 at gmail.com. That's ett, the number is 808 at gmail.com. If you have questions for myself or Tony regarding living, working, having fun, traveling to Japan, we can answer all your questions. And if we can't get them, if I can't get them from my, my own memory banks or Tony's, I have multiple contacts in Japan and my wife's Japanese, so that helps too. So, without further ado, we'll talk to you guys in about a week or so. I try to release, you know, a couple episodes a month. I'm going to try to get to the weekly schedule, but I, I won't promise it. But at least, I think I can, let me, let me do a New Year's resolution. I will do two episodes a month minimum. I'm writing that down on my little calendar. Two episodes a month minimum. So expect at least two coming from the old TEIJG studios. So without further ado, I'd like to say sayonara.